you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what is up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Podcast on this beautiful Tide Tuesday. James Coe here with you with the Whiz Kid from Wisconsin behind the glass. What's up, Alex Gelhar? Not too much. Well, I think we might be putting Tide Tuesday to bed for a little while until the, the season comes back. There was some, some miscommunications last week. I'm the only one that wore a tie this week. Uh, so I think it might be time to just... Uh, <laughs> it's put, retiring. Yes, retiring for now. It's going I, into the off season. I, okay, I hear you. We, we, it, it may come back revamped. Yeah. Is what you're telling me here. Exactly. That's good. It's got to go get into shape. It's got to do some P90X. (laughs) Speaking of, uh, that would be myself. Uh, I'd like to hit a little P90X. Uh, We've got the uh, West Virginia's finest here, Matt Harmon, uh, joining us on the podcast as well. What's up? Uh, Not much. Okay, good. Uh, (laughs) MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. How's it going, my friend? It goes well. How are you, James? All right. <clears throat> so we're going to basically take a look at the uh, the Senior Bowl today and also break down, uh, give a, give you a little postmortem on the AFC North. We're talking the Cleveland Browns, Baltimore Ravens, Cincinnati Bengals, Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll give you daily daps as well. But let's start by, I guess, giving a quick recap and uh, a quick reaction to championship round here in the playoffs. Uh, AFC, NFC, North Championship Um both games did not go uh, the way I thought they were going to go. I, I was, I mean, stunned by what I saw there in Denver. The Patriots, I mean, they couldn't get anything going offensively. That Denver front seven played a heck of a game. Like, Tom Brady was running for his life before he even hit the back of his, like, two-step drops to, out of the shotgun to try and throw the ball, and they took away – all of the sort of the slants and little out routes that they made their money on, and it just totally flustered them. It was it was a really impressive performance from Denver. Was Julian Edelman alive? Uh, define alive. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, he put on a uniform and went out on the field that day. But yeah, he was kind of a rumor for for most of the afternoon. It was amazing. Um, I I I was shocked by what I saw. Uh, the 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 Patriots offense, which had been pretty running pretty well, uh, just got nothing going in Denver. Uh, a, a total mea culpa on my part. I, we did the uh, Tostitos weekend scoop thing, and uh, and this was a quote from me. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, I think it's cute that people think that this game will be close. It will not. So you didn't believe this game was going to be close, huh? It will be a Patriots blowout. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <clears throat> hey, by the way, so we got Matt Harmon here. He's a big time uh, Carolina Panthers fan. Kind of a tortured soul. It's a um, complicated relationship. Very complicated. <laughs> What's your takeaway from this Arizona Carolina game, man? Um, Again, I, I was surprised. I thought it was going to be a close game. I really, you know, like I said, it, it is a complicated relationship between the Panthers and I, and that's a lot of that is on my end as a human. Like it's it's not you, it's me, sort of thing. <laughs> He's an emotionally complex being. I am an em- as, very as is his dog. Very emotionally uh, complex being. Yeah, and um, but what makes me really love this team is how they just. Like, when they're on, they can just put the 
foot on the throat and just suffocate a team that way. And that's really what they did all afternoon or evening, depending on where you live. And Carson Palmer kind of went full Jake DeLome. And you never go full Jake DeLome. never go full DeLome. No. Which is ironic. You know, it was the same same team that did it to DeLome there. And, and he had that moment in Carolina. But, I mean, I never – honestly, it's it's crazy. I never thought that, like, in my adult life that the Panthers would be in the Super Bowl. I mean, it's insane. It's a special moment. You're making it sound like they haven't been there before. Not in his, not in his I said adult, my adult life. lifetime. Not in his adult life. <laughs> I said my adult lifetime. I think I was like 11 or 12 the last time they were. And you were saying that my friend uh, Pete watched the game with us, too. He was saying you weren't even as big of a football fan at that point. Right. Well, of course. Right. I was 11. Yeah. I was like reading Harry Potter. And right. Exactly. But anyways, yeah, no, so it's crazy, and, and it's really exciting, and I love just Cam Newton in the stage there and everything. It's gonna be it's gonna be a blast, and I'm excited for you guys to go and meet tonight. Uh, qu- <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> quick uh, uh, hot take here, but uh, Ooh, I, I right. know that I, I know that it's uh, it's very convenient to say it's the uh, number one defense versus the number one offense. I I don't get it. Like it, to me, it's not like Carolina is the greatest show on turf here. No, they score a lot of points. With Ted Ginn, Ted <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Billy Brown, right? You know what I mean. Uh, Fozzie Whitaker and Jonathan Stewart. I mean, Cam Newton is obviously the engine that makes it go. They they've scored a lot of points this year. I think they're the top scoring. They are uh, yeah. team in the NF. That's fine, but they also lead the league in takeaways. Man, like uh, this is not this is not a uh, the reason Carolina could put guys away and just absolutely take their soul. Where are they weak? Where I mean, they're going to score points. They're going to stop you on defense. Um, I I just think it's it's so strange that to me we should be billing this as as Peyton versus Cam, and that's fine. But to say it's a number one defense versus a number one, I just I, but I think you have boggles to, I, my mind. I think you have to bill it that way because you can't really bill it as Peyton versus Cam because what I, do you have any confidence that Peyton can move the ball against this team? No. Right. Well, and that's the same thing. Even the AFC Championship game was more so the Denver defense versus Brady, not right. Brady versus Manning. And the Denver defense won that matchup. Now, are they going to be able to do the same thing, trying to corral that six foot five, <laughs> four foot <clears throat> speed human tank known as Cam Newton? I don't know. I don't know either. All I know is that I, I just chafe at when they would say it's the number one defense versus the number one. I just it doesn't it, to me it doesn't seem to give Carolina their full due. No, it's more of the like proverbial passing of the torch, you know, especially if Cam Newton and the Panthers win the game. But either way, it's like we're seeing what was and what is now, True. you know, on full display between these two quarterbacks. Very um, good point. It's uh, yeah, I mean it, I'm having kind of hard like I'm kind of having trouble putting it into words cuz it's and, just so weird. You know, it's cool as I was thinking about this too. If you think about uh like the last handful of Super Bowls, it's basically been Old guard quarterbacks versus new guard quarterbacks because it was Wilson v Manning, Wilson v Brady, and right. now Cam v Manning. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty See cool. How it turns out. All right. And I'm really excited too for Wilson and Newton to kind of be the in new the future. Yeah. Brady Manning. They should. Step your game up, AFC. You need some new uh, hot young quarterbacks. God, is there anybody? Uh, Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, senior Bowl preview. Let's do it. Um, All right. There, there's a few names out here. Uh, a, a lot of first-rounders, there's no doubt about it, but some deeper guys, too. Um, at quarterback, uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, he's I, the new hotness. I know. He's so hot right now, that he Carson is, Wentz. He is, that Carson Wentz. He's so like, literally, hot. I put I put him on because he was uh, obviously the hottest name off of the attendees, and then, like, as soon as I was building the run on yesterday, I see Twitter going, like, because everybody was arriving in Mobile, Alabama, where the Senior Bowl is, and they were like, oh, I'm talking to scouts. They think Carson Wentz, like, not not only a lock to be a first rounder, but a lock to be a top ten pick, and blah 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 blah. And I was like, "Whoa, where does Daniel Jer- Jeremiah's got him in the top five or something? Four, uh, number four to Dallas. It's ridiculous. Or wait, was it Zerline that had him at four to Dallas? Or uh, I I believe it's Daniel. Oh, it's Jeremiah. DJ. It's DJ. Yeah, it's Daniel Jeremiah. It's got him number four to Dallas. And I know Zerline's got him at in twelve. The top 10 too, at right? twelve to the Saints is where Zerline has him, oh, and then Bucky has him at fifteen to the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, Los Angeles Rams. That is insane. And. Uh, Wentz. Joe Marino, who writes for um, Draft Breakdown at the Joe Marino on Twitter, he said yesterday, "I've not spoken to one person yet in mobile that did not mention Carson Wentz." <laughs> the buzz is indescribable. Now you know that I, and I, I don't remember who it was I saw on Twitter mention this, but I think it was a good point though that because none of us, I mean, really, or very few of us, knew who Carson Wentz was until maybe a week or two ago. Yeah. 
now he's going to have a whole lot more scrutiny. You're going to see a lot of nitpicking. I mean, you know, draft season is the time for nitpicking, but Carson Wentz may get nitpicked. That's why. That's why you won't see him at the combine. That's why you won't see him throw. You won't see anything. He, he might he has, need to though. That's why he's at the Senior Bowl. Is he? The buzz is so hot that. Like, where can Carson Wentz go from here, right? Like, he can only go down. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> like, DJ's got him in the top five. There's He can only go down. Carson Wentz at a North Dakota State, big, tall, burly guy, can run it a little bit too. Uh, run it pretty well, actually. But, um, gosh, I, I would be shot if, if I'm his agent, there's no uh, there's no way. I haven't played a senior ball, there's, and that's it. Nothing else. Like, no one's going to touch this guy because he's, at worst, going to be at the end of the first round. At worst. But if he starts throwing around the combine, looking horrible, can't make throws, he, he could fall out, well, out of the top two or three he, rounds. If he plays better, though, he could vault himself over a guy like Jared Goff, who pretty much everybody else had at number two going to Cleveland right now. But DJ's already got him ahead of, of Goff. Yeah, other, the others didn't. Yeah. I, I No, I d- no Goff, Goff is ahead of Wentz and DJ's. Mock two. Oh, is he? Yep. He's going two. two? They have all of them. All of them have Cleveland taking Goff at two. Wow. Wow. I'm kind of with you, James, that if he nails the senior bowl, like if he comes out of this week and just looks like a you know a man amongst boys and right. all that sort of stuff, looks really good, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't throw it yeah. at the combine. Nobody throws at the combine anymore no, anyways. I, I can't wait until we see Mike Mayock setting up a folding chair on the sidelines at the Fargo Dome for Carson Wentz's <laughs> pro day. That's, that's what, what I'm saying. saying. That's Fargo what I'm saying. Dome. He's not going to do that But stuff. anyways, that's why it's important to watch him this weekend at the Senior Bowl is because if he does perform well and he goes in the first round and becomes one of those guys, he could be a name to watch in fantasy circles. Oh, my gosh. I got to be honest with you. I, I haven't even begun to watch Carson Wentz tape. Oh, God, no. Yeah, I've watched him play live a little bit, and like I did said, did you? Yeah, like, well, I work here on Saturdays, so <laughs> I don't have a lot else to do when I'm here. Good for um, you. So I've been keeping up with a lot of college football oh stuff, gosh. but yeah, no, Wentz is is definitely exciting. I mean, I think he has like uh, a playmaker's mentality, and and he, like we said, he can run and and definitely has an arm. So this is going to be big for him. All right, so at the running back position, I got to be honest with you, who is Kenneth Dixon? He's going to be somebody you want to get to know, James. He Kenneth is fun to watch. Dixon. He actually, Give me a quick for, for a matter of days, he was hyperproductive for all four years. Okay. For a matter of days, actually held the FBS record for the most touchdowns in ah. a career. But then uh, the Navy quarterback, uh, whatever his name was, Keenan, whatever, surpassed him. Uh, he's a compact guy. He's like 5'10", like 2'12". Okay. Um, so he looks a little bit I like, like it. Looks a little bit like Doug Martin. I was I was tweeting some vines of him last night, and one of the other one of the guys, uh, Rob Donaldson, who does uh, his own website, I think is on the clock, and uh, he does videos for Draft Breakdown as well. Said he kind of reminded him of Doug Martin, and I got that. He's got excellent feet. He's got power. He punishes people, and he's got good hands too. Okay. So he's he's kind of he's kind of the, the real deal here, and it's going to be really fun to see how he does at the combine and stuff, how he looks in Senior Bowl, and if he's that kind of like because Amir Abdullah was a guy that. You know, he performed really well at the Senior Bowl. He blew up the combine, and then he started rocketing up both the regular draft and fantasy draft boards. So, five, ten, two, fifteen. If he could uh, put together, you know, um, a good forty time and 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 a good showing here at the Senior Bowl, uh, he's well. I mean, certainly that's a a a prototypical NFL running back body. You got to like Kenyon Drake, right, from Alabama. The speed. uh, I mean, obviously he's a little bit of a one dimensional back. Uh, Seems like a big play third down guy. But uh, but boy, uh, you you see the tape and you know the guy can fly. He he's got speed. He I didn't enjoy his watching him as much because his feet. Like it was funny because I wrote this down when I was watching it and I was reading Zerline's profile later and Zerline's first line was can be exhausting watching watching him because his feet don't stop ever. <laughs> like literally, it's like he looks no he looks like he's honestly there was an expression like when I used to play soccer a lot more was you didn't want to have like wasted motion. In, in your in your cuts and you're moving and on the field and stuff like that and it just looks like Kenyon Drake I mean he's still fast as hell oh, yeah. but he is just constantly moving and it doesn't look fluid like you know other guys will have their right. their clean cuts and they'll yeah. set it up his feet are just like all over the place like Tasmanian devil style you don't want to be too frenetic don't want to be too frenetic that's a good way to put it I don't know it works for Darren Sproles it's true no but his is much more contained than <laughs> Uh, than Kenyon Drake's. It's probably because his legs are about half as short. Yes, I mean, I'm sure that helps. That is true. When you're more compact, you can get away with a little bit. Um, The only thing that Kenyon Drake might have to work on is his hands a little bit too because it sometimes looks like he he was fighting the ball when he was trying to catch it and he had... 
he had a couple drops uh, in his career, and he was injured a lot at Alabama. So we'll he's going to be a system there. guy. I mean, he's got to get into the right system because he's not one of these guys that where you know he lands on any team and succeeds. You know what I mean? No, he's going to have to be a role player too. Probably. Oh yeah, he's not a, a special team, a role player guy. That's how he gets third ready. third down, Charles Sims type or something like that. Agreed. Uh, wide receiver. I'm I'm ex- I'm super excited to talk to. Uh, uh, Matt Harmon here about these wide receivers because I, I know you've s- watched and uh, broken down uh, a few of these guys, no? Yeah, I've seen a little bit of all of them. Uh, the guy at the top who's my favorite, I've talked a lot about him, is Sterling Shepard. You're Oklahoma. big on him. Yes, yeah. very big. We'll just let Harmon take the floor here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, please. I mean, no, really. I, I mean, of us four, you, you've done the, the tape breakdown, and, and I know you've given him grades. Um, Sterling Shepard, break down his game. Yeah, so you know when I like I mentioned I work here on Saturday, so what I've been doing all year basically is is charting all these wide receivers for reception perception, and I've finished four of them so far. Sterling Shepard is one of the guys that I've finished the the complete sample on, and he was just like when I well, I didn't know anything about him until I turned the tape on and started working, and immediately was impressed. Um, polished is is the one thing that I really was taking away from him he's just so he's a great route runner and you don't see a lot of guys that run good routes in college yeah um, I remember got, he has some sexy vines yes. on Twitter like I haven't yeah. watched the actual tape yet but I've seen things that like Harmon's tweeted out and other people and it's like you wipe the brow off you're getting like yeah, you're getting steamy watching those routes yeah dude, for sure legit. I mean he yeah and, and like not only does he have a great like he gets off press coverage really well he's for reception perception I put a little post up on on my website um he just like blew everybody away in in getting open versus press coverage man coverage too um he's just like he's always open he's like the consummate guy that is consistently running good routes in a variety of patterns and I think he makes plays with the ball in the air too and that's going to be the the big question that can he be a guy that makes plays in traffic because if he is he's going to be really hard to stop especially early in his pro career I think the uh, one of the always the early knocks uh, of these guys from the Big 12 is that, you know, it's more of a wide open offensive league, right? And they don't play defense down there. And that's the that's the I think it's the misconception, but uh but yeah, they don't have, you know, necessarily lockdown dudes, but and especially because every team is so wide open. It's it's hard for defenders to shine. Yeah. Um what are you what are your I guess takeaways from that? What what would you say to somebody who says something like that about Sterling Shepard? Well, I actually in that post that I mentioned when I was comparing Josh Doxson, uh, Sterling Shepard, Corey Coleman, and then like looking at their numbers versus Laquan Treadwell, who obviously plays in the SEC. Right. I was saying that like it's one thing I haven't rec- like rec- or uh, I haven't reconciled cut- or reconciled. That's the word I was looking for. I haven't reconciled in my head is like how to normalize the data between conferences because they are so different. Right. So I think it's something that you have to keep in mind when you're just looking at raw numbers. But that's why it's important when you're watching players to. You know, look at their traits. Look at what they're like. Try your best to isolate the player versus what's going, like what they're doing compared to the cornerback or whatever. And I think that's why I do the work that I do. So it, to me, I think if you if you the, he checks the boxes as an individual, then it's okay. Okay. Um, early grade on him. Oh, I mean, I think he is like a. Right now, I see him as like a second round pick okay. for sure, like a high second round pick. Uh, the question is, what is he gonna? How is he gonna test at the combine? Because I think if right. he has a really good combine, has a good senior role performance, I could see him getting into that late first round. Okay, but like that might just be me because I, I don't know that everybody feels that way. Well, it's also a wide receiver. It uh, is a wide receiver, and this class I think is like I, Treadwell's at the top for me clearly, but the rest of these guys are going to be like strong second to third round picks, guys that can be contributors. So I guess that's the that's the the number one name that most folks are familiar with yes. the wide receiver position is Treadwell uh, out of there at Old Miss. But uh, how does he compare? I mean, Treadwell's great. I think that there people are going to, there's going to be a lot of questions about his long speed and like, what is his 40 time going to be? But to me, I think that he does everything well. I mean, he's the standard of this wide receiver class to me. And okay. I think that he, he do, like he does everything well. I know people will focus in on his plays in traffic and how he makes contested catches, and they'll kind of give him that Alshon Jeffrey comparison. Um, but I think that doesn't even do him justice. Like, and, and that's really Jeffrey's a good player, but I Jeffrey's think that, a great player. But I think that Treadwell has potential to be even better. Oh wow, nice. Okay, all right. Let's talk about these other guys a little bit too. Uh, oh. Who do you want to dive into? Carew. 
Yeah, Carew is interesting too. He um, Leonte Carew from Rutgers. He, yeah, Leonte Carew. He he actually just measured in uh, moments ago. There's a lot. Ooh, of, if right, you're on Twitter right now, yeah, you're, you're uh, going to see some measurements. Draft Twitter, <laughs> draft Twitter is a buzz right now. So he just uh, measured in, I think, at 5'11 and 217. So he's that kind of like compact body style. Yeah. Okay. And you could see that when he plays. Like it, 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 watching him run, I, he's one of the ones that like I kind of had. He sounds like a running back. A little bit. He's kind of built like a running back. And the way he runs routes, too, is like everything is really like choppy, compact, but he knows how to create separation at the stem of routes, and he might be the best vertical threat um, among the bigger name guys. He's, he's got some class. speed. He's when I watched speed. him a little bit last night, and yeah, he was he was good at a lot of those comebacks and stuff, and using his feet to to get away from guys. He was also he was pretty quick off the line yep. too, which he had, sorry, he, had, he had a good release. Five eleven two seventeen two seventeen. That's honestly wow, that's, like that's, that's kind of Randall Cobb territory, though. That is. That's a big boy for wide receiver. I know it's and it's interesting, and you can see that in the way that he plays too. Um, it, that's that's the guy that he is. Wow! And I think that he is very much. Uh, he's going to be one of the, everybody's favorite sleepers in this class for sure. Okay. Um, the question he does have some off the field issues. Okay. Uh, so there, he missed two games with the suspension. I think it was actually a domestic violence accusation got uh dropped I think yeah, it was Yeah, it was that that got dropped and then he missed curfew missed or something. Missed curfew, oh. yeah. So there's some stuff there that I think is going to push him down the board for okay. the draft Knicks and all that sort of stuff, but but good good player is going like if he gets in the right system, he's the type of yeah. guy that he could his, his really last his last two years he averaged 19.7 and 20.7 yards per catch. So uh, and that's with some that's pretty good. <laughs> that's with some bad yeah. bad And this yeah, I was going to say don't forget it's at Rutgers. Yeah, it's it's at not Rutgers, it's not like man. he has a, a potential first-round quarterback chucking him the football. Wow. Wow, yeah. wow, wow. Uh, two guys that are on this list that I'm not necessarily uh, too high on uh, from the Big Ten. Uh, Aaron Burbridge from uh, Michigan, Braxton Miller from Ohio State. Uh, your takeaways, Matt Harmon. Yeah, Burbridge I think is a really, like, I, I could see him being a, like a solid contributor. Um, I, and I've only, for 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 for, uh, for clarity's sake, I've only done two games on him, so I still need a lot more work to do. Okay. Um, but to me, he definitely seems like a real solid guy. Didn't break out until his senior year at Michigan State. Really was just kind of a guy, and then he became Connor Cook's leading receiver this year. But but he's an interesting player to watch probably in the later rounds. Now, Braxton Miller's interesting because he's a really big name. You know, he started out at quarterback, quarterback right. and then moved to – actually, I found a really funny tweet of mine last night that I uh, – because I was just looking for, like, old – like if I had ever, you know, sometimes I go back and like search my old tweets. Like, what did I think about a player at this point? And I found this really funny tweet from 2014. Uh, my girlfriend, not girlfriend now, uh, <laughs> just texted me. I hope you didn't draft Braxton Miller and Darnell Dockett on your fantasy teams. God bless her. She's trying. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so close, yeah. so close. Shouts, shouts to you if you're listening. I know you're not. Yeah, um, exactly. Anyways, but so I think he was that like that was when he was a quarterback was back then, and now he's playing kind of a, like a almost like a Percy Harvin wide receiver sort of role. But he is like he's a special athlete. Like he was absolutely eye popping in that Virginia Tech game to open the season. Um, it's just going to be like. Can he run routes, which I'm not sure of yet. He definitely has the physical ability, but also there was one – I can't remember. I think it was against it was against Rutgers that he had like a deep pass kind of fall in and out of his hands, and he eventually corralled it. But he's still working through all that stuff. It's just – it's just going to take some time, but but he's a guy that could get on the field right away in like some packages and make plays. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of surprised that um, I I know he's trying to make the transition, but it's it's not that easy. No. <laughs> you no. know what well, I mean? No, look at well, look at Terrell Pryor. I know that Pryor started later yeah. at the wide receiver spot, but I mean, you know, he's Terrell Pryor still that curiosity, kind of that oddity of you know what what are they going to do with him? You know, are they going to put him on the field? So I think I think that transition is going to be tough. But, Kudos to Braxton Miller for starting it earlier than like going to the draft and right. trying to do it late. Yeah, because um, you know, like Denard Robinson, he didn't really even switch until the draft. Senior he, Bowl, yeah, that Senior Bowl, exactly. Started, and they started him at wide receiver, and then finally, I think they were like, "Yeah, actually, let's try your running, back. running right. back." And he's he's made it. He's made a successful transition. But so with Aaron Burbage too, like I think you said, uh, Harmon, he's he's going to be a good contributor. Like when I watched him, he didn't have a ton of eye popping plays, but he did a, a handful of things pretty pretty well. Like he he had good hands for like snaring like low balls and things like that and making tough boundary catches and good body control. But uh, it'd be interesting to see if he has any like splashier plays or can showcase um, some athleticism because he wasn't that great. And I know contested catches is one of your metrics, but he would get bodied a little bit on those. He's not, I just, he's not I, the biggest guy. I no. just didn't. I don't know. Yeah, it's like you said, nothing popped. 
Yeah. Nothing yep. popped. When I was watching, I only watched a couple of his games last night too quickly on, on draft breakdown. And uh, every time, like, I was catch my other players were catching my eye more than he was when I was trying to watch him. So yeah, well, but which is a big reason why I'm not, I'm, I'm just not terribly high on him. Um, he had a, he had a quarterback that, uh, not terribly accurate, but that's okay. Um, and I, yeah, it's like you said. I mean, I don't know. He just didn't. To me, just didn't make a lot of, a lot of eye popping plays. Uh, will that translate in the NFL? Generally, it doesn't. So, um, Braxton Miller, man, oh, gosh, what, what an interesting name. It's like you said. He's just got all those measurables. What a great athlete he is. But it's too bad that he. Um, I guess decide. I think he could have been an okay quarterback. Uh, he needs to obviously hone his craft, but I don't know. I, it's interesting to me that he decided to to switch it up to wide receiver. But that's what he's doing. So we shall see what he right. does in the Senior Bowl. And you can see what he does in the Senior Bowl at uh, 1:30 p.m. Central Time on NFL Network. So 2:30. Wow, Eastern. Central Time. Cent- well, that was what they have on the website. <laughs> I like it. But, but before before we move on to yeah. Um, uh, Gelhar has mentioned it. I've mentioned it at one point. Draftbreakdown.com is a really good website to watch. Oh, like, they're quick, amazing. Quick cut-ups of these guys. So definitely if you want to – and honestly, if you want to be a good at fantasy, especially if you are like a, playing Dynasty Leagues, go watch these guys yourself. You know, Go check it out and see what you like. Because, listen, football is football. You, know, you don't have to be like a genius to, to, to watch it and see guys that catch your eye. Right. Just, just check it out for yourself and, and learn about these guys so that when like – Hey, if one of these guys gets in a situation where they contribute as a rookie, you can pick them off waivers before everybody else does. Right. And I think, you know, a lot of it, too, is um, it's so funny. You know, Draft Breakdown is such a great website. YouTube's got an amazing amount of cut-ups. It's an amazing amount of cut-ups on YouTube. All you do is just type in the guy's name and watch tape all day long. Um, That's what you could do. And and I think when you if you cross-reference that with where they're projected to go in the draft, use some combine numbers. I, look, uh, and then you look at the system that they're going to go into. Yeah, you use all that information for fantasy purposes, and there's no no doubt about it. It's fun. All right, let's dive into the AFC North, shall we? Let's give a quick post-mortem on uh, what used to be the most rugged division in the NFL. Maybe not so much anymore. They've been uh, beset by injuries this year, there's no doubt about it. How about the Cleveland Browns? A lot of changes uh, for the Cleveland Browns. What do we make uh, of what uh, Cleveland has done in the offseason, and what do we take away from the 2015 campaign? Well, I think in terms of what they've done this offseason, obviously the, the big change starts at the top. They're, yeah. They are team analytics now, um, you know, bringing in Paul De Podesta, uh, you know, the, the – Sachi. Right, you know, uh, what, Sachi Brown. Sachi Brown, uh, yeah. The, the next the guy that comes in. I mean, so they are obviously changing something, and I know that it's easy to, to look at them and laugh and say, ah, ha, 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 Browns being the Browns. But when you've been as bad as you've been for as long as you've been, it makes sense to try something different. So I think the the key is going to be how they use you know these metrics, like which ones they value, which ones they use, and how they build a team from that. Um, but you know, I think I think we're going to see something different. I don't know if it's going to be better, but we'll see something different out of Cleveland this year. I'm I'm curious to see. I mean, because last year they didn't have a, a ton of fantasy like stars off it, other than you know Gary Barnkowski finish, hey. finishing as the <laughs> finishing as the tight end two. Barnyard, uh, let's go. What I'll be curious about is the backfield, especially too, with that split between Isaiah Crowell and Duke Johnson. Because down the stretch, Duke was looking like the more effective back all around, both like just straight running the ball and obviously catching it out of the backfield. Hundred percent been his forte. And they're not committed to Crowell um, no. financially in any aspect at all. What else is going to be curious? To watch is this passing game because one Travis Benjamin's a free agent and two if Josh Gordon gets reinstated like oh. whoever whoever they have under center like God <laughs> you don't want to talk Josh no Gordon? I want to talk about Josh Gordon I'm so excited for him to be back he's for one he's great I mean just a phenomenal talent um and he's one of those wide receivers that when you watch him like it's easy like he just he just was born to do this. You don't know what kind of shape he's in, though. I know, I know, but but he at least from by all accounts he has taken the whole thing seriously. He's always tweeting about how much he wants to be out there. So you know, of, of course, I'm playing like it's a total guesswork game. But at the same time, like we know what this guy can do when he's on the field, and if he's in shape and healthy and in shape and healthy and in shape, big things are going to happen again for Josh Gordon. And I don't know what they're going to do at at quarterback. Josh McCown, I thought, was a, a, a stable uh, presence in the he backfield. Well. I thought he was yeah. okay. Um, but, Depends you know. He wants to come back after all those injuries again. Yeah. Or if Hugh Jackson gets his guy at the top of the draft because he's got the second overall pick. It's a very good point. 
Um, and, it, and it does look like they're going to be taking a quarterback there. I'd, I'd be shocked if they don't, uh, which means the Johnny Football era there, uh, short-lived uh, and probably going to be over, I would imagine. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, in the running back position, I think Duke Johnson's such an interesting name. I don't know what's going to happen with Travis Benjamin, but what happens with, with Gary Barnage? Is he a one-year wonder? That's where I'm <laughs> leaning right now. I mean, I don't think he completely disappears. I don't think he totally vanishes, but, you know, Look, I know Michael Fabiano likes to say beware the magical season. I have a feeling this was the magical season for a you know, 30-plus-year-old tight end that nobody had ever heard of until about week three. Yeah, I Weird. mean, I think that he is still going to be like a usable asset. I don't – I would be – like you said, I would be surprised if he's the tight end two again, but I, I don't think he's going to completely go away. They did extend him rather quickly, you know. Yeah. So I think they like him there. They do, if Especially if Benjamin leaves, they won't have – a number two receiver across all pro Josh Gordon. Um, and, yeah, so I think that he'll still be a valuable player. So late round pick maybe as your tight end? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, go, I wouldn't go too crazy. Neither would I. Well, what, what are we talking? Are you saying double-digit rounds, 10th round, ninth? I don't think he's going to survive. I don't know. I would be surprised. I think people will like kind of forget about him. And he, oh, I don't. I think he's going to be overdrafted. He's really? going to totally. I think be he's totally going to be well, overdrafted this you year. I think he's going to be overdrafted over the likes of like a Tyler Eifert and Delaney Walker and Travis Kelsey. I think all those guys will go before him. Well, all right. Gary Barnes, Travis Kelsey. I'd take. I'd take Kelsey next year. Anybody? Yeah. Anybody going on the Barnes train? I'd probably still take Kelsey. <laughs> that right. was the most lukewarm response ever. I mean, that's kind of how. But that's kind of how I feel about it too. Like I, I guess I'll take Barnage. I'll take Barnage in that scenario because because oh. I'll tell you this. I think the draft price for Kelsey will also be much higher. I think I think if we're projecting out for for next year's draft, it's going to be Gronk uh, going super super early. Gronk goes Gr- early. Greg probably. Olson goes fairly early. Um, I, I mean, here's the thing. I would take Delaney Walker ahead of both those guys, Bar- Bar- Barnage and, and Kelsey. Yeah, agree. I take Delaney Walker ahead of both of them. He was the tight end two in PPR leagues. Ninety four catches. Ninety four catches. Yeah, yeah. He was great. I like it. Don't I sleep. Like it don't sleep on him just because he's a Titan. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's got Marcus Mario, so that's not bad. Yeah. I'll I'll take it. I'll take it. And and it's like you guys said. I think he will. Uh, you you want to talk about forgotten man? I think he will be the forgotten man uh, come come draft time. Um, but that's okay. So there you go. Uh, how about the Baltimore Ravens? Uh, you had Joe Flacco there. Uh, you had Buck Allen. You had the injuries on this team, though. Like as I was putting together the rundown, their top quarterback, their top running back, their top wide receiver, their top two tight ends at times. Steve Smith is coming back, so that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. This is actually I was I was writing up Joe Flacco's like 2016 projections early for our draft. Oh, game. and real quick, forgot their number one overall pick too, Rashad Perriman yeah. injured. Yeah, so. so, I mean, it's actually an interesting wide receiver core. Like, if it all hits right. You Steve know, Smith, Kamar Aiken, Brashard Perriman. That's in, that, I mean, that is interesting at no the doubt. very least. Like, because I think Kamar Aiken proved himself at least, like, at worst as a solid number three receiver. We, uh, Our guy, Matt Frank. So where's, where's the franchise? I know, right, he needs then, to be right? here for this one. I think, uh, though, <laughs> while we're talking about Aiken, he's a restricted free agent. He is, so. but that means he'll be back. Yeah, he should, he should, he should be back. <laughs> Restricted free agent means he he gonna be back. Um, but so he's at least a solid three. I think if they get something out of Steve Smith and Brashad Perryman, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I Brashad mean, Perryman's that guy who's supposed to stretch that field. Kamar right. Aiken can can work that ten to fifteen yard area, and Steve Smith can do a little bit of everything. I I, I agree with you. When you look at that trio, it's not bad. It's just all you know. It's like it's all health questions. I mean, Perryman has taken exactly zero NFL snaps. Right. Steve Smith is is. 36, 36 now? now, 37 maybe even. Yeah, he might but hit 37 year, this year. And coming off a torn Achilles, I mean, he's my favorite player ever. I don't, I don't doubt the guy at all. But I mean, this is, there are some question marks. But like I said, at its peak, I think this could be interesting. And they have two talented tight ends as well. We didn't talk about your boy Crockett Gilmore, bro. Well, Crockett Gilmore and uh, Max Williams was starting to play a lot more at the end. And like tight ends as rookies never do anything. So I would be never. I know I loved Crockett Gilmore for this year, but I would probably be. More leaning towards uh, Max, more excited about Max, Max Williams, Williams next year. Future, yeah, all right. They got an interesting um, one-two punch there at uh, running back as well uh, in regards to Justin Forsett and Buck Allen. Uh, but it, I, this is this is going to be an interesting team. This is going to be an interesting. We don't know what this team is going to look like at all in 2016. Am I am, am I fair in saying that? One thing that I thought, like just off the top of my head as I was looking at this, like I could see it being kind of a slow start, like because Flacco is also coming off a, 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 yeah. a major injury. Yeah. And then like around week six, these guys all start to kind of click at once. And then like 
I'm going to be, if it all goes the way I'm thinking, like I'm going to be buying Ravens midseason like crazy. Yeah. Okay. And I'll, I'll throw a few darts. This is a team that it, people are going to sleep on a lot because like you look at it, their highest performer was Crockett Gilmore at tight end 24. Yikes. Like at their, at their positions. <laughs> Yikes. So like people are going to sleep on this team. I will throw a few darts late in rounds because pe- they're all going to be coming off of injuries and stuff and try and bank them. Or like you said, Harmon, scoop them up midseason because let's not forget, this is a well-coached team with a good coordinator too. That's going to just have a huge influx of talent, both coming back from injuries and probably the draft, too. So that's it, it could all come crumbling down, but it seems to be going back towards a situation where there could be some fantasy success here. I don't see a lot of holes uh, offensively. Uh, I mean, I don't see a lot of explosion either. Like, there's not like there's not a guy that, on here that's like Nuke Hopkins or something, but... You know, uh, I, I don't see a lot of holes. Uh, well, they've got solid running backs. They've got a solid quarterback, solid wide receiver, solid tight end. And I think that's the thing. I mean, the, the Ravens aren't going to be the roster you go to to get your front-line fantasy guys. Right. But if you're looking for right. good role players, you're looking for an RB2, if you're looking for a flex option or somebody you can, you know, plug in when the matchup is right, then I think the Ravens are your team. There you go. How about the Cincinnati Bengals? Uh, Andy Dalton, when he was healthy, was on fire. Somehow, some way this year, <laughs> you had Jeremy Hill, who was just a conundrum. Uh, Gio Bernard w- was there as well, um, and AJ Green. I thought he performed admirably uh, this season. And, th- and then there's Tyler Eifert, who was just a touchdown catching machine. Um, takeaways from the 2015 Bengals, Marcus Grant. Um, you know, they were good. But I felt like they left us wanting more, I okay. guess is the best way to describe it. I mean, Andy Dalton had a fantastic season until he got hurt. You know, A.J. Green was very much up and down this year. I think for a lot of people who drafted him, you know, spent maybe a second-round pick on him, they were left wanting more, I think. You know, Tyler Eifert was fantastic, but, you know, he missed games with injury. Jeremy Hill, I'm, I'm looking at his numbers now. Jeremy Hill okay. was the number four overall running back. Taken in 2015. No, no, no. Oh. Finished as the fourth best fantasy running back. Wait, are you sure about that? No, he's the 14th. RB14. Mm, I'm pretty sure. No. Yeah, he's not the fourth. That you, uh, am I looking at the wrong league here? I've got him at number four behind D'Angelo nah. Williams. Nah, bro. No, he's – no, 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 because it was Devonta, Adrian. Those might be available players. Something like somebody might have dropped Oh, well, you know what? Never mind. Take that back. You're correct. No, I was looking at – he had – because uh, I, I had sorted by touchdowns. My bad. Ah. Human error here. There, there's the rub. Human error here. Um – he had 11 touchdowns, but he had, he had fewer than 800 rushing yards. That's I mean, amazing. That was <laughs> that's amazing. What that was that was you know, paging like, Jerome you, Bettis. What do you what do you do with that? I mean, Gio Bernard, another guy who was really you know, <clears throat> disappointing. It's like the the Bengal offense to watch was very productive from a fantasy standpoint. It was it was Not it great. made you pull your hair out. Right. To, to put a little context to the touchdown dependency that you're kind of alluding to here, in games where Jeremy Hill did not score a rushing touchdown, which he had double digits, he averaged 5.01 fantasy points. Solid. That is a, a cataclysmic bottom hole of a four. <laughs> and also, he, and he always like doubled up his touchdowns. So he yes. only scored a touchdown in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games, and that's including week 17. So Costco, was, Costco back. Costco back. Get it in bulk. <laughs> uh, and you know what's crazy about Gio, Gio Bernard, too, is I actually saw – I wish I would have wrote this down for the podcast, but um, he had one of like the highest numbers of red zone carries for a running back, but like didn't score a touchdown. Had, yeah, two like, touchdowns all year. It was it was insane because I mean, obviously, I think they gave him the ball like at the eighteen, which did, still counts as a red zone carry. Did but. he not? Uh, did he not come out of the gates on fire and just kind of peter off to the end there? A little bit. I mean, he was racking up more yardage and stuff earlier on, right? Um, but then he was just kind of always like in that. 80 to 90 yard range. And then he did slow down a little bit at the end. But uh, A.J. Green, what, what do we make of his season? And uh, where do you guys project him for 2016? I think I think his season, had, it had its ups and downs, but he, he finished the season strong. And uh, as we see, I mean, he finished, granted, it, it hurt a lot of people with his low weeks, but he finished with almost 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns. That's like, amazing. I will definitely take a shot at A.J. Green in that second to third round range, depending on how the draft falls with wide receivers as, you know, like a, a wide, low-end wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two. AJ and, just Green. Ho- and just hope he evens out a little bit more because when he does go off, though, it's like game over. You won your week. I mean, that's what that's what was so interesting about um, stats in general, right? But A.J. Green in particular, it's like that dude had 1,300 yards. If you were to follow him on a week-to-week basis, there's no way in hell you thought he had 1,300 yards. Yeah, the 
the one thing I talked about with this offense all year is that like they have so many talented players. They have these two guys we've already talked to, like well the, all the running backs yeah. who deserve touches, especially Gio Bernard's a receiver out of the backfield too. Green is obviously number one receiver. They have Tyler Eifert as a stud tight end. But then they also have guys like Marvin Jones and Mohamed Sanu who command, especially Marvin Jones, command some targets too. So that's why I think A.J. Green was so volatile because Andy Dalton's not like 2013. Didn't have Peyton Manning. Him. Yeah, can, right. can make all tides rise in the offense on a week-to-week basis. However, Sanu and Jones are both, both free, free agents. That's what I was going to say. They're both going to – and I would be surprised if they're both back. So maybe that opens up some more targets. For I would be shocked if they, they let go of Marvin Jones. Uh, I wonder Jones. if Hugh Jackson makes a big push to bring yeah. him to Cleveland. That's, that's, I've, heard, I've heard that speculated a lot as well. Okay. All right. I like it. Uh, A.J. Green next year, though, where, where do you guys project him? Is he a second-round guy, third-round guy? I think he falls to the third Probably, round probably third. Three. Yeah. Okay, there you go. But just because there's so many good wide receivers. Pittsburgh Steelers, speaking of good wide receivers, uh, this offense, whew, watch out. I mean, it was just unbelievable what these guys were putting up on a week-to-week basis. Antonio Brown has a legit shot, a, leg- a legit case to be made that he should be the number one overall pick, uh, even in standard drafts next year. I, I, You know, Adam Rank and I had debated this uh, for NFL Now as to who should be the number one, the 1.01 next year. And uh, and he took Antonio Brown. He made a pretty convincing argument because, you know, again, you talk about those safe floors, Antonio Brown's right there. He's right there. Um, and I think I think a lot of people are going to be gun-shy uh, next year in regards to running backs because of the injuries uh, this year. Um, despite that, I made a pretty strong. I made a, uh, a my case to 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 say that David Johnson. If I had the number one overall pick, I'm going to take David Johnson. <laughs> I love you so much. It's I know it's insane. <laughs> I love you. Look, I know it's. I think insane. Harmon wanted to kiss you on the mouth. Just uh, there. Look, yeah. look, look! I know it's insane, and people people were on Twitter were saying you're you're nuts. That's who is David Johnson? I, I get it, but here's the thing: when you have the number one overall pick, you're not getting value, guys. You're not going to get value. So I get it, David Johnson. If I were to do just pre-draft rankings. David Johnson's like, I don't know, like six or seven, okay? But, like, I'm not going to get him at six or seven, right? I got to get him. If I'm going to get him, I got to get him at one. You got to go get your guy. All right. Go get your guy. Go get your guy. Uh, what What do we take away from uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2015? Uh, well, whereas you're going to the Baltimore Ravens to get kind of your number two guys, yeah. you know, running backs, wide receivers, etc. You're getting your ones in Pittsburgh. Mm. You know, oh, yeah. you're getting Antonio oh, Brown. Yeah. You're getting, you know, Lev Bell. You're, you know, you're getting... Even a Martavis Bryant has, you know, he may come off the board drafted as a wide receiver too, but he will give you wide receiver one potential uh, on, on a week to week basis. Yeah, yeah no so you know that that is, you know, it's funny because you know obviously the Steelers traditionally have been known for defense. Now they are an offensive juggernaut. I yeah. mean, when when all those guys are there, when Roethlisberger and and either it was Williams or Bell, Brown, Bryant, all those guys, they were a juggernaut. They were fantasy. Gold. Hey, speaking of number one overall picks, um, Michael Fabiano has been uh, preaching Lev Bell as the number one overall pick. Uh, do you guys agree with that? I, t- here's the thing. For me, because of the way how well D'Angelo Williams played and, and with the uh, injury concerns surrounding Le'Veon Bell, um, I, I really think that there's going to be some question marks as to whether or not the Steelers use a, a more of a committee approach moving forward. Yeah, we talked about this, I think, with like a week or two ago. Yeah, a week or two ago with like Fitzgerald Toussaint is like why he was a pretty decent DFS play in the playoffs is because Mike Tomlin has historically always preferred just one running back. And I think the Steelers running back, whether like in games where Williams or Bell finished, they averaged like 92% of the snaps. So like even when Bell came back and Williams had clearly proven himself to be an asset, they really didn't use him much at all. Um, I think I think Bell will still be the guy. Uh, Williams is definitely just probably like the best insurance policy out there. And if Bell gets hurt again, Williams Williams will be fresh to then take that yeah. workload on himself. Let's not also forget that Williams had an injury at the end of the year, not as serious as Bell's, and he's going to be, what, 32, 33? I think he's 33. Yeah. Do you guys trust in Lev Bell as being a, you know, look, he's going to be one of the f- first five picks off the board. Do you yeah. trust him there? Right now, I, c- I could. Yeah, I, d- I do. What I also what I also like about uh, taking a running back like Lev Bell instead of, like, Antonio Brown is uh, I'm sure Rank had some good points, but if Roth like injuries are not just limited to the running back position, if Roethlisberger gets injured again, that murdered Brown's fantasy value. True. Like when when Landry Jones and uh, Michael Vick. Vick were in there, like Brown Brown disappeared. Whereas 
like the running back running back is a little bit more quarterback proof if the quarterback gets injured. So I think that's the the safety there of taking one of those guys because Left Bell still produced when Mike Vick was in there. Guys like that year Aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone. Eddie Lacy still produced without him. Adrian Peterson has been producing without a quarterback his entire career. It's amazing. So there's there's that. That's that's the safety I feel then with taking one of those guys as opposed to a wide receiver one oh one. All right. Where do you take uh, a guy like Martavis Bryant? I was going to say, say Harmon. Like, let's turn to Harmon because that's, that's one of his boys. <laughs> All eyes turn to Matt Harmon this season, here. This season was so weird for Martavis because yeah. we saw some of the flashes and then he kind of got frustratingly you yeah, know, Then we started seeing Marcus Wheaton for a couple of weeks. So, so Harmon, what do you think? Where I mean, he finished. <laughs> he wide finished. receiver 33. Wide receiver 33 overall, but remember he did miss the first four games. He right. finished 15th in points per game play. He actually missed the first five games. Correct. <clears throat> he, he injured. He had right. an injury coming off the suspension. That's right. Um I mean, I am – I said I, I love you, James, because of the David Johnson thing because I'm just such a sucker for upside and yeah. potential. And 100%. Just completely, like, willing to get totally intoxicated on these guys. And uh, Martavis Bryant, like, is the summation of that. Yeah. He had an average depth of target of 15.2 for the entire season per pro football focus, but we saw that go up and down. Like, at different points in his rookie year, it was, like, at 19, and then early in the season it was at a 19 range too, which is – you know, almost like you're an exclusive vertical player. However, then we saw for a stretch there, like he was kind of used closer to the line of scrimmage. Um, people think he has like drop issues, but when the guy's being asked to make like consistently the most difficult catches to make in the league, you know, I don't really, I don't really consider it that big of a deal. Um, he does have some areas he needs to work out, but he can win you your week like on one play. Absolutely. Right. And, I mean, he's going to be popular. People are going to fight over him, and I'm going to be one of the ones leading the fight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so where are you going to start being comfortable taking him? Fifth round? Earlier? Fourth. Fourth round. I would go fourth. I was taking – I mean, maybe I'm an idiot. No, I'm not. But uh, I was taking him, like, uh, in the fourth to fifth round of drafts this year. Yeah, oh, I was going to say that's why I was – Before curi- the suspension. That's oh. why I was curious about how – where his stock was going to go is because that was kind of his area last year, and then, like – it's still kind of like hit it, I guess. So it's going to be interesting to see if people like allow these last few weeks where he was kind of quieter. He to, was like, very to, quiet to, cl- to cloud their judgment of what kind of player he actually is. Well, That's I- a thing of thing that people uh, always forget too when you're looking at like Final Fantasy numbers, like. He did play two more games in the playoffs where he stepped up, especially yeah. in that Denver game. Man, like they, you know, Ben obviously challenged him at the beginning of the playoffs, right? And then. Martavis Bryant responded like by being the number one receiver uh, for the for the Steelers against the Broncos with Brown out. So I think that's an even more sure. important data point. All right. So Matt Harms going to take him in the fourth. Uh, MG, where are you taking him? Uh, fifth, sixth. No, I mean I I don't see him lasting that long. I mean I think I think if you're getting him, you probably are getting him in the fourth round just because. Oh. Well, because the hype is going to be there. I mean everybody sees the potential, and you're going to see like you're going to see that flipping playoff catch. You know, where he flips <laughs> out of the back of the end zone. You're going to see a ton of that. How was that a catch? I, I, I don't, don't think it was, think a, it was catch. a catch. It's not a catch. Um, <laughs> but judging but, by your human rules, not aliens. But no, <laughs> but, no, but no one knows what the rules are, so right. it was a catch. Um, you know, but you're going to see that. You're going to see the speed and the potential, and you're going to remember how good this Steelers offense is, and I think he's going to come off the board in the fourth round. Gosh, I can't wait to draft I can't pay that price, man. I can't wait to draft a fantasy team with David Johnson in the first round. Okay, good. Allen Robinson in the second yep. round. Mm-hmm. And then Josh Gordon in the third round. There you go. And, Mar- and Martavis Bryant in the fourth. The fourth. Yeah, boy. And, like, you come back and get Blake Bortles in the fifth? Wait, yeah, buddy. I wouldn't do that. Let's not get crazy. But I, and, and that team will either like slaughter all souls or crash and burn. Yep. <laughs> That's going to be great. Eat. I love it. Hey, uh, Ben Roethlisberger. We talk about this uh, being a tremendous offense. It starts with him, though. Yeah. It really does start with him. the The offense struggled when um, when he was when either a he struggled or or he just wasn't out there. Um, where do you take Ben Roethlisberger? I I love the potential uh, that Big Ben gives you on a week to week basis. Now, I know he oh, yeah. put up a couple of uh, horrendous games, but man, when he carries you, he carries you. Yeah, I think I think he's a good like one of those. If you're waiting on a quarterback, because he probably won't still be one of the first ones off the board, but he should be one of those first ones probably off the board in the wait on a quarterback run in the later rounds whenever that starts. He'll be a top five quarterback take, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, I don't yes. know how long you can – I don't know. If you're waiting on quarterback, I don't think Ben Roethlisberger – Well, I mean, not like super late. I'm not saying like you wait till round 12 to get him. Got it. No, I think he's off the board by round eight, yeah. nine. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. normally you know? too rich for my blood to take a quarterback. Gosh, I, I think I think he'll be gone by round six. Could be. Yeah, a uh, big-name guy, big-name team. 
you know, obviously a, a lot of fantasy drafts are, are regional. You know, if you have a fantasy draft in Boston, you know, Patriots are flying off the board way early. I was part of a I was part of a league that was primarily based in Seattle. Russell Wilson went in the first round. Um, just because they wanted to get there again, you want to get your guy. Not shocked. Right, exactly. So, uh, you know, drafts are regional. So, I mean, obviously, if you're in the Pittsburgh area, <laughs> he's going to be Ben Roethlisberger going to be gone super quick. But, uh, but yeah, out on the West Coast, even I mean, there's a lot of Steelers fans everywhere. So, yeah, it's interesting. So, does this mean now in Los Angeles that uh, you know Case Keenum's going to start coming off the board? And, like, yeah, in, in like the sixth round in drafts. And stuff? <laughs> Only if you want to win every game. <laughs> oh, my. oh man. all right. Should we dap it? <laughs> yes, let's dap it. Get out of here. All right, Daily Dap time. We shall start with the WizKid from Wisconsin. What's up? Uh, a couple things. I saw – I was actually at the gym, so I had to go back and find it later. But E60 uh, on ESPN, I know it's like hearsay to talk about the other network. The other guys. But they did on – on E60, obviously, you know, they always do their different stories on stuff in sports. And they had a really cool feature that was following the main American team in the, the big Dota 2 international video game circuit back in August. Okay. This was uh, it's a video game competition they had at the Key Arena in Seattle. Total prize pool of over $18 million wow. for a video game. And this was the first time this American team had ever won, and they had a documentary following them all beforehand. That's and, great. And through the tournament and stuff that they won. So that was a pretty cool feature. And if you want to see like what the future of like sports and stuff is, like, Esports is coming up. Like eighteen million dollars for playing a video game. I wouldn't say no it's the joke. future of sports. Right. Not, not of, I didn't mean that. It's like not. It's not sports. Now hold on. I didn't mean that as like all sports, but like it is going to come into the fray. Like if you if you told somebody in the fifties, like man, <laughs> this soccer thing, people are going to watch it. They would have said the same thing. They're like, okay, lawn fairies. I, I, okay. Here's the thing. Uh, I'll tell you this. My my brother works for a prominent um, video game company. Um, I love video games. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a good Asian male. I love video games. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it, it, but to say and like I get it, ESPN's making a humongous push to tap into um, the video game. Circuit. They covered it too. Yeah, e, they they have a whole uh, part of their. They opened up a, a big part of their website uh, just dedicated to e gaming, mm-hmm. and e gaming is 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 huge. Um, I think. I read somewhere in one of the public uh, trade publications that Turner Sports is thinking about uh, doing e gaming as well. Um, so look, look, it's there. It's not sports. Can we just call it not call it sports? It's not sports. It's it's a tremendous lifestyle thing. It's wonderful. It's, it's awesome. It is sports the way poker is sports. It's not sports. It's not sports. Right. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Right? <laughs> <laughs> There's some clouds outside. You guys can yell at too. <laughs> I mean, I love video games. Just love video games. Let's just this come up with a new sports. term. Let's come up with what a new do you term define as a sport then? Does it have to have a ball? No, but you got to. Get off your ass and do something. I would agree. <laughs> these, these guys got off their ass and they trained for hours to play that. Okay, but they were on their ass training. <laughs> I mean, that's, not, that's I don't know. I, I what? It's are not you sports. guys it's like what? I've I haven't been listening for. <laughs> you're the youngest one here, and you're the most confused about. So this whole so wait, thing. James is yes. NASCAR a sport? Uh, there is physical exert. There's a lot more physical exertion. Everybody everybody's on their ass for the entire time. There's a lot more physical exertion, and I don't even like NASCAR. But, I am uh, gonna get blown up on Twitter. Right, NASCAR is not a sport. It's not. Wow. It's not. Like wow. me driving to work. I mean, I got into an accident. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like. I'm sorry. I'm not. I didn't wake up that morning saying, "You know what, man? This is gonna. This is what a sport." I don't know. Is. Driving in the L.A. freeways is kind of a sport. <laughs> That's kind of a sport out yeah, here. It is a competition in, in the sense that death race is a sport. No, it's. I mean, but anyways, I'm sorry. So, it's not. All right, old man, yellow clouds is right. fine. Uh, th- so there was that, and then what else was? Oh, I wanted to just daily draft breakdown. We talked about it a little there earlier, but uh, we have other tools here to watch games. But I wasn't at the office, so I just wanted to get a quick. You know, synopsis of these guys before we talked about them on the pod. You can go to Draft Breakdown. They got lots of videos for guys. And then, too, what's fun is if even if you don't want to get that into draft season, once your team drafts players, if you want to get a sense of who they are and what they can do, check them out on Draft Breakdown. All right. Brian Perez, send us a check, buddy. <laughs> uh, Mark Scrant, what's up? Uh, I am daily dabbing Spotify, and I'm, I was kind of yeah. late to the party, not with Spotify, I've been on that forever, but yeah. this uh, Discover Weekly playlist. Yeah. You know, and I've seen people tweeting about it, and it would always pop up in my little overview every morning when I open up Spotify. So last week I finally dove in, and holy crap, man. 
this thing is great. And obviously, <laughs> it's based on what you listen to, and it yeah. kind of you know gives you new music and some older record cuts. All and stuff. hail, yeah. all hail the algorithm. You know, whatever it is that they use to uh, to put that together. Uh, this is my second week of like just like sitting out and I won't say vegging out because it's great to listen to while we're sitting here working and we're writing and we're watching tape and that sort of thing. Um, man, this is fantastic. Good stuff. So, uh, daps to that. All right, how about it, Matt Harmon? What's up? Um, I'm going to go with music too. Uh, I'm the type of person that when I find a song that I like, I will listen to it again and again and again with like, without conscious, I don't care. Nice. Um, so one song that I've been listening to a lot lately is it's, uh, it's by an artist called Hoonch that okay. I've never heard of before. The nope. song's called Top. Uh, it's a really upbeat, like energetic sort of like positive song. Like when you hear it, you can't help but be like happy and I, I got something coming up in my personal life that i'm really excited about and it kind of makes me think about that and it's it's so it's wow, what a tease po- like very very strong positive energy uh sort of thing which i'm all about keeping keeping with positive energy in your life and all that sort of stuff so what a, what a tease there i'm a tease man. we're not gonna we're not gonna get uh any insight into what this uh big life event is of yours Maybe on the feelings podcast. Okay, <laughs> or, or in a, maybe a, we can dive. We can always dive into my personal life. I don't care. I'll talk. I love to talk about me. All right, love it. Uh, we will save that for the uh, for next week's podcast, perhaps uh, if it makes it onto the rundown. We'll see from the, the rundown master uh, Harman, <laughs> Harman's upcoming event. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that should be a segment. Um, I don't know if I don't know if it's really a dap. Um, it's kind of, it's like a dap and an anti-dap because I'm playing Destiny right now. Speaking of video games, I'm playing Destiny right now uh, in full force. My wife hates me uh, to no end, but I'm playing Destiny. I didn't realize when I bought it, it's an online only game. Mm-hmm. I thought it'd be like every other game where it's a first-person shooter. You you go through the the story campaign and and then but the story you, itself is like online too. Yeah, so. you can't play this game. You cannot play this game unless you're online. What, what's what's going on? <laughs> uh, Patrick Claybon, our esteemed colleague, yes. uh, just slacked us something. There's Claybon. there's there's bob heat going B-O-B on in our inter office chat right yeah. now. There's bob. There was bob heat on the radio this morning as I drove in too. Wait, why? What did you, did you hear not hear? Are you not? No. Well, that's, we'll oh. interrupt your daily dap real yeah. quick for those of you who haven't heard. Uh, the rapper bob apparently right. is a flat earth truther <laughs> and has uh, been going on Twitter. <laughs> Flat Earth Truther. For those who can't see, can't see, because obviously this is just an audio podcast, James just closed his eyes and leaned his head all the way back. Uh, Yeah, so uh, he's been going on Twitter spouting his Flat Earth theories. He got checked on Twitter by Neil deGrasse Tyson. Of course. He's 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 responded, though, with a diss track, which I think might be the first ever diss track written about a scientist. Dude. There you go. I gotta listen to it. Anyway, so uh, back to you. Uh, di- I didn't know the diss track that came out this morning. Oh yeah, so uh, I can't let, wait to listen to it. Anyway, back to oh. your your. I'm daily gonna daily dap uh, a diss track to Neil deGrasse. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Go Bob. Not Neil deGrasse, not the high school from Canada or whatever. Or whatever. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, sure, whatever, whatever his name is. Anyways, did guy. you have a point you were gonna finish making? Um, on I God, now, now I'm just now I'm just lost. <laughs> um, Anti dap for for Destiny being only available online, uh, but dap to the actual game though. It's a it's a, a very smooth shooter i know it's the same guys that made halo the original halo so uh it's a very very smooth game it's just there's just it's almost there and i think that's kind of what's frustrating about the game it's it's almost a great game and it just ends up being a yeah i got it okay game last year when it came out but i honestly played it for like an hour and then the season came and i was like well (laughs) that was fun so i I honestly got haven't put it back in since but uh I felt similarly in my like two hours that I played it. Yeah, it's a it's a good solid game, but it I just felt like it could have been great. So anyway, so there you go. Um, boy, I'm gonna uh, I can't wait to get out of this podcast to go listen to this Bob <laughs> diss track uh, for the Whiskey from Wisconsin. MG, my guy Marcus Grant, and West Virginia's finest man Harmon. I'm James Kelsey. What's up, everybody? DJ here from Move the Sticks. Along with Bucky Brooks, our podcast, we look at the NFL through a player personnel perspective, looking at teams, looking at matchups, looking at the NFL draft. You can catch us on Move the Sticks, nfl.com slash podcast, as well as iTunes. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.